this is all with love. Oh, yeah. It's like when you go back and look at your bad haircuts from your high school pictures. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but I hopefully got better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any man is that stupid. You'd go, no, this is some sort of a horrible con, right. and I'm going to run out of my house right now and into yes. the rain. We should have a place on the red carpet for the Oscars where they should all have to stop and talk to us about their bad horror movie past. That would be so This great. is the stop you got to make. Hard to believe it is that time of year again, but it is, and we love it. It's a Fright Club tradition. Welcome to Skeletons in the Closet. She is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club podcast. We are from madwolf.com. And pray tell, what is Skeletons in the Closet? Well, it's a term that you came up with. You labeled it because you are good at that. And <laughs> it's uh, it's the thing that I think of during the Oscar nominations first, which is what terrible horror movies were these people all in? And so that's the, that's the first thing I ever think of. You know, I was like, obviously rooting for Jamie Lee Curtis for a number of reasons. But then there are so many others that you just go, oh, yeah, they were in that god-awful horror film. And I so, think, if if memory serves, the genesis of this was many years ago. Yeah. I think you were writing an article for the old Screen Relish. Was it Screen Relish mm-hmm. uh, website that yeah. we used to uh, write for? Yes. And w- was it about this subject? That's when I came up with the title. That is. Um, no, what I did was just randomly... You know, I would just pick a, like if there was a new Marvel movie, I would take, you know, for example, Mark Ruffalo, and I would draw the okay. skeletons in the closet and do a big thing about the dentist. He's okay. in the movie The Dentist. Right. And then later, we we moved that idea over to the podcast yes, every did. time the Oscars yes. came around. So the point is, it's a great idea yes. and a great title. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to do it again. So uh, this should be fun. We've got a great group of nominees. And again, this, this is not celebrating their work this year, although it is, we'll give them plenty of yeah. credit that's that's well deserved. It's it's that's you know, the maybe embarrassing moments in the past yes, that maybe that they've overcome. Some projects that they might not be too proud of, but maybe they are. Who knows? Anyway, Who knows? we'll get to that. But first off, last time we had a great crowd, a great time. Uh Fright Club Live was the last podcast, recorded live at Gateway Film Center, as it always is. And we had a lot of fun seeing a movie that only I think one person in the crowd Just had Brandon. seen. Brandon, and talking about killer crushes, we watched The Fan from 1982. Crazy movie. Yeah, so not, there are like nine movies right. called The Fan. This is not that. Whichever right. one you're thinking. This is the a German, German movie. The German one. From 1982. I saw it years ago. I forget why or how, because it's really hard to get. Right. But I always thought it was fascinating, and I was worried about showing it because it's definitely not for everybody. Now, you can say that about any movie, but this movie, it's incredibly slow burn it doesn't really turn into a horror movie until the end. And there's no way you know where it's going at the end. Yeah, and this is one, when you say it's not for everybody, that is true. No movie is for everybody. But I think what we mean is polarizing, very polarizing. You have sort of like Skinamarink right now. You have very distinct camps. who You lo- didn't like it. I didn't. I, I cannot stand the music. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, really, that's the thing. And it was just went on and on and on with, yes. with the music. Because it's, it's very Europunk. Or yeah, Europop. that's not my That's no. not my bag. But so, but we had a lot of people in both camps. There was, I think, it was Monty or somebody who said they love that yeah, music. Yeah. So great. And then we had, I know one one woman who who was quite vocal in her dis, 
dislike of this movie. But she was very nice. She was. She's going to come back. But yes, she really hated this movie. And then what was very cool is we had someone in the crowd who was fluent in German. Yes. And was able to tell us things like at the at the end of it, there's a note mm-hmm. written in German and it's not included in the subtitles. So she was able to tell us what it said, which yeah. was great. It was. It was very cool. And then we had we asked people afterwards who, who their killer crushes were. And our friend Gabrielle said, and, and it's funny because uh, for a number of reasons, I don't know that he knows that she's a friend of ours. He said Sylvie Mix from Poser. Right. Um, and, of course, Poser. It had, has, had Poser been slightly more of an outright horror movie, it would have been a perfect movie for this yeah, list. Yeah, very good. Look it up. See it. But also, Sylvie Mix is a good friend of ours because not only is she the star of Poser, she's the star of our film, Obstacle Corps, yeah. and a lovely, lovely human being. Yeah. So it was just fun to, you know, just talk about her for a second. It was. Because part of the podcast, if you recall, we, were, we counted down our celebrity crushes, and then we invited people in the crowd to do that. Not everybody wanted to, and that's all right. Yep. You don't have to share. We don't want to share. But we heard some We heard some fun ones. So overall, a great time. Always love doing that. So uh, thank you as we talked about the fan and killer crushes. So it's on to Skeletons in the Closet. And so even though we settled on our five favorite Oscar nominees this year for Skeletons in the Closet, there are plenty of other nominees for some honorable mentions. Absolutely. And, you know, I have Jamie Lee Curtis. We talked about Jamie Lee Curtis, who could have her own entire Skeletons in the Closet <laughs> podcast. Oh, yeah, because that's how she came up, that obviously. Is. Um, but also she's done a lot of, obviously, really great horror films. Yep. Um, but the truth is she's not... She didn't make the top five of really terrible horror movies. She didn't. But the one that I would have probably talked about, which I don't think enough people have seen, is called Mother's Boys, and it's bad. <laughs> um, Michelle Williams, of course, she has Species. She has Halloween 20 with Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. Love when that happens. Kate Blanchett, The Gift. That's okay. That's not a terrible one. Gleason, Brendan Gleason, he has the best. That's the other thing, is that a lot of these people made some great horror, and of course, he made 28 Days Later. Oh, oh yeah. That's not um, a skeleton. No, that's not a skeleton. Stonehurst Asylum, that is. That is a skeleton. Bill Nye made Shaun of the Dead. That's a great one. Austin Butler made The Dead Don't Die. That's a great yeah. one. Yeah. You know, we're we're in a, a lot of people really hated Colin Farrell's uh, Fright Night. We didn't. We, we did liked not. it. No, we yeah. thought it was very good. I enjoyed and it. And then Andrea Riseborough, oh. not only Mandy... But also Possessor. So good. Yeah, she's done some great stuff. And, of course, the queen of them all is Jamie Lee Curtis with Halloween. So there's just tons of horror, actually, top to bottom in this one. Yeah. But we tried to pick maybe ones that we hadn't talked about before. And I think the five that we we have here, I don't know if we've talked about any of these um, on the podcast. So this is great. I always love a varied list of Oscar nominees and nominations. And we won't go into our... To our uh, nits that we pick with this year's nominees, because we have some. Yes, we Believe do. Believe me, we definitely have some. We've got a great list here if you want to move into them. you are, are you ready? I am. Okay. Well, this is a nominee for Best Actress this year for a horrible movie called Blonde, <laughs> although she is the best thing about it. Absolutely. And it's Anna de Armas nominated this year, so we're going back to 2015 for a film where a devoted father helps two stranded young women who knock on his door but his kind gesture turns into a dangerous seduction and a deadly game of cat and mouse. Knock, knock. Knock, knock. Who's there? Cheating Evan. Cheating Evan who? Cheating eventually gets you killed. You've been a bad boy. Your family are victims of your perverted behavior. This is what happens when you break the rules, Evan. We have to punish you. I want to play hide and seek. Evan! Ready or not, here we go! You came out to me! I'm glad we knocked on your door. 
This was actually the first English language role for Ana de Armas, who is Cuban. Yep. And it's a remake. Yes, of Death's Game, which of uh, from 1977. And it's not the original is not a great movie, but it's an interesting movie. That was Sandra, the late Sandra Locke, mm-hmm. and Colleen Camp, who actually comes back and is in the cast of this one. Right. And then Seymour Cassell is the yeah. John Wick character, <laughs> is the Keanu Reeves character. It's a very John different Wick. guy. It is. Very different guy. <laughs> um, and the original is, um, like I said, I mean, it's not a great movie, but it's an interesting movie. I can't say that Knock Knock is particularly interesting it goes on for too long and one of the things about the original is Seymour Cassell's character they don't set him up as being like such a good dude he's just a regular dude I mean they don't set him up as being like a villain this one they go out of their way he's a doting father in the morning yeah and they go out of their way to set that that character up the other thing that's interesting is that in the opening segments of, of both films you know the 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 man who's about to be left for the weekend um, is having an intimate moment with his wife. And in, in the Seymour Cassell, they do it. And uh, which makes you wonder, like, then later that day, you're that easy to seduce. But <laughs> in the in the uh, in the new one, the Eli Roth one, he doesn't. They don't. They're interrupted. And yeah. then he says it's been three weeks. So yeah. I so I think to myself, they go a little too far to yeah. make him, I think, um horny. Well, or or sympathetic mm-hmm. when um, like yeah, you how don't. could you? Yeah, you don't sympathize with this guy. Just, He's yeah, making it another reason. Why, well, he hadn't had it for three weeks. What's a guy gonna do? Right. That sort of thing. Yeah. So these two beautiful girls, they show up at his door. It's pouring down rain, and they they're lost. And they've been outside in the rain for twenty minutes because they're looking for this party. And can they just come in for a second and use his? In this case, it's his lap, his computer, mm-hmm. because their phones are all wet and they can't. So they realize they went to the entirely wrong neighborhood, and he orders an Uber for them. And in the meantime, you know, they try to dry off, and they flirt, and they make him feel really, you know, ooh, your albums are so cool. And he's he used to be a what? A DJ, George. <laughs> so he's playing some music for them, and then, um, and then they disappear when the Uber arrives, and there he goes to find them, and they're naked in the bathroom, and then quickly becomes a threesome. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. The movie has to convince you that he's going to fall for this because, of course, how could he not? Right. But I, I really don't. I don't. I don't think any man is that stupid that you think, oh, my God, out of nowhere, these two insanely gorgeous, horny, naked women are really want to have sex with me in my bathroom right now. You'd go, no, this is some sort of a horrible con, right. and I'm going to run out of my house right now you, and into yes, the rain. you would think so. You would think so. It's actually, this is the first official remake of Death Game, but there's an earlier unofficial remake of that film. It's a Spanish erotic thriller called Vicious and Nude Ooh. from 1980. That's the unofficial. I never saw that one. Yeah, and I love that the, <laughs> the, the, uh, the film's Taiwan Chinese title it translates to when babes come knocking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that sounds like? That almost sounds like a Simpsons title from a, some, from a Troy McClure movie. The one thing that I find most interesting, and I've never seen, there's a there's a, an alternate ending. Yes. And I've never that seen Eli it. Eli Roth calls the John Wick 2 ending. That's the thing, right? It's because it came, it, it, you know, they leave, in the end they leave with his dog. They take his dog Monkey yeah. with them. So in the in the alternate ending, he uses the the chip in the dog's collar to find the girls, which is such a John Wick idea years and years before the first yeah. John Wick movie. So yeah, I think that it's too bad they didn't go with that because that's a funny idea. And, you know, you talk about whether a guy would really fall for this or not. There's there's two things. Um, the one character, Genesis, 
writes that it was not a dream on the mirror, but yet the, she wears a shirt that reads it was all a dream. Mm. So it's kind of funny. But, uh, yeah, this one just doesn't. This is a skeleton. Uh, skeleton in the closet for yeah. sure. But it was the start of many great things to come. And uh, now an Oscar nomination for Anna de Armas uh, from 2015. The Eli Roth version of Knock Knock. And that is our number five. So let's go up to number four. This is another uh, nominee for Best Actress this year. The surprising nominee, but boy, she is great. Don't let anybody convince you otherwise. Andrea Riceboro, who's nominated for Two Leslie this year. Let's go back to 2020 and a house is cursed by a vengeful ghost that dooms those who enter it with a violent death, the grudge. Pam, are you alone in the house right now? Are you alone? Will you help me, please? Uh, <sighs> you need to help me. I can't believe this movie's only three years old. It seems like forever ago. And it does. It, it came out, and it disappeared, and for good reason. And it's not just Andrea Riceborough. There are two other past Oscar nominees in the cast. Jackie Weaver mm-hmm. is in this, and mm-hmm. Damien Bashir is in this movie, too. So mm-hmm. you got three. Yeah. And it's just terrible. It is terrible, and we were excited about it. First we, of all, yeah. if you're not familiar with Andrea Riceborough, get familiar with her. She is absolutely amazing in every single thing. And, of course, we talked about it already. Possessor. Mm-hmm. So great. And then, and also Mandy. I I guarantee if you listen to this podcast, you'd love the movie Mandy if you haven't seen it. So seek it out. And she pops up. You know, you go back to that uh, Tom Cruise sci-fi Oblivion, Mm -hmm. which is not a terrible movie. No. And she's got a big part in that. And she's great. Of course, Birdman. Birdman. She's just very, she's able to just morph into not only different accents, many different accents, but just different. She's almost a a chameleon in that she can change her look. Uh, to to suit the movie, she's very good. So she's incredibly yeah. good, um, and she's not in this. She and that's the thing too. Is like it's not just one of those films where it's a bad movie, but a really great talent is really great in it. She's just flat as a pancake in this whole movie. Well, the whole the whole structure, the whole what they tried to do with it was just misguided from the start, and it almost felt like by the time it got here, I remember watching it. By the time it almost just seemed like. We're just throwing it out there, yeah. and what was that one? Remember that Harry Hole movie, The yeah. Snowman? <laughs> the Snowman. Like somebody just decided, just throw this poop on the wall and get it out there and get it out of my sight. Well, I think that's what was the most disappointing to us. Is it, it was Nicholas Petty who yeah. had done Eyes of My Mother. I know, which is just in that, that is Eyes great. of My Mother was his feature debut, an incandescent feature debut horror film. Yeah. We love that movie so much. But this and then one, he did Piercing after that, which was not really horror. It was weird, but very but interesting. But good and interesting. Yeah, and but this, this is was, just a mess. Yeah, so it's it's more or less a, um, it's an anthology, really. I mean, it's a bunch of little shorts, all based on, th- that's the thing. If, if you're familiar with The Grudge, um, there's a whole bunch of Grudge movies. And what it does is just pulls little storylines from all of the different Grudge movies, repackages them poorly and kind of smashes them together and Andrea Riceborough's char- character as a detective is the detective. It's just flat. It's drab looking. And what the other thing is that, you know, the original had that un- unbelievable sound design. Takashi Shimizu, you know that, I can't make the noise, but yeah. you know the noise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Uh, 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 that yeah. noise. <laughs> yeah. 
that was so unsettling. And it doesn't even have that. It has nothing well, going this, for it. This was the first American Grudge film not to have any involvement from him at all. Right. So there's probably a yeah. problem. Yeah. And it was the first film, weirdly, it was the first film in the franchise to be shown in U.S. cinemas and actually get an R rating. The, the other yeah. ones didn't, no. but they're better. They are better, but they, you know, they, you know, they work on your imagination. They really, really do. Because, um, uh, you know, a lot of times, and the, all of the Japanese grudge movies, and then, you know, all of the American grudge movies, they there were too many. Yeah. They get dumb at the end. You know, they do some dumb things. But on the whole, they are very effective films. Yeah, well, I think the whole anthology angle here doesn't work no. at all. No, it doesn't. That, that was misguided. This uh, received an F- from Cinema Score, the very worst possible score, obviously an F, and only twenty other feature films at the time had ever received an F. Wow! From Cinema Score. I bet Blood and Honey has. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> we'll have to check. But uh, yeah, this one was actually it had been in development, quote unquote, development hell for many years. When it was first announced, it was going to be Adam Green was going to be involved, oh, sure. and so. That may be part of it. Just in development hell, it just got transferred to different hands. Who knows what happened? Right. Because like you say, Nicholas Pesci, we were very, very excited. He had done some great work, and it's got some really good, talented people in the cast. But the whole thing just went right in the crapper. And that's why it's a skeleton in the closet for Andrea Riceborough, a nominee this year for Best Actress for Two Leslie. All right. This makes it uh, makes it up to number three. And this is one, I'll be honest, I had not even heard of this movie, and it's from 2015, and this features Best Actor nominee Austin Butler for his really great performance. I know you didn't like the movie. But he uh, was great in it. He's very, very good. I did like the movie. I didn't think it was great, but I did like it better than you, but his his performance is very good as Elvis. But back to 2015, after the traumatic loss of her mother, a teenage girl tries to uncover the dark secrets behind her new home in spite of her father's disbelief. This was called The Intruders. Rachel left without saying a word to anyone. All her stuff was here, and she had just disappeared. In one of the bedrooms, the windows were completely boarded up from the inside. Whatever was inside that room wasn't supposed to get out. I saw someone in the basement. I know what I saw. I'm not making it up. I want you to be honest with me. Are you taking your meds? He did something to her, didn't he? I'm not some crazy person. It's not my emotions running wild. So it's Miranda Cosgrove, iCarly. Yeah, and Austin Butler apparently was on iCarly. I don't, I can't believe we don't know that because our son used to watch iCarly all the time. <laughs> Come down, iCarly's on. And yep. he was well into high school by then. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Austin Butler from iCarly to the Oscar red carpet. But yeah, this one starred Miranda Cosgrove. And Austin Butler, and so she moves into a new house with, well, it's an old house that she that her dad is redoing. Her dad is Donald Logue. And um, there's some kind of a trauma in their past. The, her mom has committed suicide. But there's it's more, there's more to it than that, that they're not letting on right away. And she immediately thinks that there's something wrong with her house. She thinks somebody's died in her house and is reaching out to her through her dreams. Mm -hmm. And But she's not been taking her meds, and so her dad is more than a little skeptical about this story. It's one of those movies where 
is she crazy or right. is this really happening? Anytime there's the meds involved and yeah. you're not taking your meds, so you're unreliable. Right, exactly. And I mean, they do this, thousands and thousands of horror movies do this. And so, and also, Tom Sizemore is the creepy neighbor. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because you don't even know what does she think Tom Sizemore has done? She's just sure that these people who used to live in this house have gone missing and she thinks that something terrible has happened to him. So that right there has gone missing. That's the first big problem here because, yeah, they, they all disappeared, but they, you know, they sent an email to the sheriff, and so that let Tom Sizemore off the hook. But that was enough. They didn't, like, look them up again or say, hey, give me a call. or No, ooh, I've got an email, so everything is good. Everything is sketchy underneath, like what they're doing here. They're, the plot holes are gaping and will <laughs> swallow you whole, Austin Butler. But he <laughs> plays, Yes, let's talk about him. He plays the super cute guy who has been um, helping to work on the house. And uh, they don't know that they've moved in, so he's just down the basement one day and happens into the kitchen while she's, what, in a towel. And it's just dumb. It's mm. so dumb. But he's adorable. You know, as like the guy you're thinking, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? I don't know. Is he and a bad boy? Is he a bad boy? Um, so is there, is there, you know, a clue of, of Oscar talent to come in this no. movie for, <laughs> for us? No, there isn't. Although he's not terrible. You know, I mean, he, you know, he comports himself well for just a yeah. stupid movie, as does Donald Logue, of course. But, oh, you know, Donald he Logue, gets to... Yeah. He gets to, um, Austin Butler gets to just kind of smirk his way through uh, because he kind of is sort of maybe making fun of Miranda Cosgrove. Not really sure what she's thinking, but he's hot for her. But on the other hand, he could also just be an actor who's smirking his way through bad dialogue in a bad movie because at least he's got a job. (laughs) So this is one that probably toes the line between thriller and outright horror. Absolutely, it does, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, but but it's a good one. To bring up Austin Butler, Oscar nominee this year for Elvis. Probably not going to win, but I think uh, he's got a very bright future ahead. And if you remember, he was uh, he's also has a good part in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood a few years ago. He's, he gets his face beaten in by, <laughs> by Brad Pitt and the dog. Uh, but yeah, he's good in that. But yeah, fantastic in Elvis. Uh, the, the Intruders is his skeleton in the closet from 2015. So moving it up to number two, this is a great to see this guy nominated after so many years and so many great performances, always improves anything he's in. It's Bill Nye nominated for Best Actor this year for his fantastic performance in Living. He deserves it. Look up that movie. He's great. Maybe you don't want to look up this one because this is terrible. From 2014, Frankenstein's Creature finds himself caught in an all-out, centuries-old war between two immortal clans. It's the skeleton known as I, Frankenstein. You cannot save the human race. Nothing can stop their demise. When I met you, I looked into your eyes and saw darkness. I'm a monster. You're only a monster if you behave like one. Frankenstein must be destroyed. God will surely damn you. He already did. So, Bill Knight, he could also have been included as essentially the same character as he is in I, Frankenstein, in all of the um, 
underworld yeah. movies because he just he pulls off the mean guy in charge. You know, that's that's a good role for him, the mean guy in charge. And he is not bad in I Frankenstein. He's not. It's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible. The story is stupid. The performances oh. are awful. The the CGI is like bad video game level bad. Well, this was during that era yeah. that th- they all looked like that. Underworld did. This did. That thing with Hugh Jackman, Van, Van Helsing. Helsing yeah. They all looked like bad video games. And it was just, we should give a name to that era because you could tell it right away. One of those. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, it wasn't a horror movie, but remember League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Oh, yeah. Same deal. Yeah. They looked like that. And I remember when this trailer came out and right away, like, boy, does that look like a turd. Oh, and it was. And it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, but you're right. Bill Nighy always always classes up a joint. Yeah. And the, what I mean one of the first things, uh, you know what? Eckhart, Aaron Eckhart who plays the monster, Adam, um and and it's so dumb because the, you know, Miranda Otto plays the lead of the gargoyles right. and she says I'm going to call you Adam and I'm like, "You know what? He's already called Adam. Some of us read the f- book." Exactly. Exactly. It drives me crazy. Right. So anyway, yeah, so it- there are th- in fact, I'm just, let me just dovetail off of that. There are three instances of Adam in the novel. Oh, yeah. Three. It's not like it's somebody, something that somebody just dug up no. uh, out of a deep, dark basement. No, that's a that's a thing. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, it's just dumb. I mean, everything about this movie is so dumb. And and right there is one of them. It's the gargoyles versus demons. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, and they turn from gargoyles, like the ugly stone monster mm-hmm. things that you find on buildings and in cemeteries. And then they just morph hideous, like, badly into super handsome people like like Miranda Otto and that Jai Courtney, who you love. He's so bad <laughs> in everything, including this movie. Um, and, and, I mean, there's just, there's nothing about this movie to recommend it besides Bill Nye. And the thing is, that just kind of makes it worse. Yeah. In the original screenplay, though, it's, and it's, hypothetical sequels that never came because this bombed. They were supposed to take place in the same universe as the Underworld series, which is from the same producers. And not only shares Bill Nighy, um, but also Kate Beckinsale was rumored to be making a cameo in this movie. But anyway, that was a big plan that never came to fruition because this was a big thud. Yeah, it's a funny idea because there aren't any vampires or werewolves in yeah, this movie, so yeah. I'm, so it's, it's it's a bit of a surprise, and and Kate Beckinsale doesn't make an appearance, right? Right. And the underworld movies are not good, but they're not like this. I mean, they're not bad like this, right? And they made enough money to have some sequels. Oh, bunches. And this, this yeah. one did not. This was just this was just a misfire from the start. And yeah, I'm so glad we have gotten away from that. I don't know how many years. They they looked like this. Yeah. It was a few, it three was, or four, yeah. and everyone like, oh, that again. Mm-hmm. And they did. They looked like bad video they games. They did. And we moved on and in a good way. But that is a big skeleton in the closet for, for Bill Nye from 2014, I, Frankenstein. So that takes us up to number one. So, so glad this actor has an Oscar nomination. And unlike the others, they're all well-deserved nominations, but we don't think any of them that we've talked about so far are going to win. Right. We do think Angela Bassett is going to win for her glorious nominated performance in Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. But let's go back. This is one. This had to be number one because you're going, I'm sorry, she's in this movie? Yeah. What? Did she lose a bet? Let's go back because it was just 1992 after being cryogenically frozen and waking up on a space station in the near future 
The Critters aim to have the unwitting crew for lunch. This is, yes, Angela Bassett in Critters 4. I propose that we just hole up here and wait for them to come rescue us. Albert, company! Hey, hold Where are the eggs? You do not come in here with your goddamn stormtroopers. Someone must cooperate. <laughs> I hear you wanted these? The eggs. These are the last ones. Critters 4. They're invading your space. Chill out, asshole. She stands out. I bet. You know, it's so funny, too, because 1992 was like her year. You know, I mean, she, she, right after this... She made Malcolm X, and right after that, she made What's Love Got to Do With It, and right somewhere sandwiched in the tw- in between, she did the Jacksons, the the TV movie yeah. miniseries about the Jacksons. And can you're you, like, and right before this, you made Critters Four. Yeah, can you imagine her being on a talk show? So what what have you been doing lately? Well, and I did Malcolm X and Critters Four. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And, and this cast also features Oscar nominee Brad Dourif. Yeah. Now he great he, character actor. It's a funny thing. Almost every year, one of yeah. the skeletons in the closet involves a movie co-starring Brad Dourif. Well, I the mean, thing about in- Brad Dourif, I think he got his. I mean, Cuckoo's Nest might have yeah. been his very first movie. Uh, if not first, one of. So he got his Oscar nomination right away. And then it just didn't, as far as starring roles, didn't really pan out for him. But he's gone on to a great career oh, yeah. in memorable, memorable roles. But he got his really, really early. But he's in this. Yes. And he's not bad in this. And she's she's not bad in this. And the Critters uh, franchise also offers up, of course, the perennial, not this year, but most year, Leo DiCaprio, right. who's in Critters, Critters 3, 3 and is adorable. We've, we've gone to that well oh, on yeah. this uh, podcast a few times. Yes, well, because he, he's so often nominated. <laughs> um, and Bassett, you know, we could have done, because I personally think that uh, Vampire Brooklyn is a god-awful movie, mm-hmm. um, partly because it's essentially a remake of Blackula, which I love. Right. And Angela Bassett is really good in it, and she's perfect for that she role. She is perfect for it. Uh, yeah. But it's just bad. It's just, you know, and I, I love Wes Craven. We all love Craven. It's just a terrible movie, but it's not, oh my God, it's not Critters 4 bad. <laughs> you know, and she plays not the ship's captain, but the pilot. And the ship's captain is, uh, you know, bad, a bad guy, you know, not a good dude. And it's got a little bit of a, uh, of course, alien the original alien vibe is that they're, you know, they're they've stopped to pick up this salvage that uh, is just, you know, out in space somewhere. And when they get on board, they realize something terrible is is there. And what it is, of course, are these these critters. The critters, yeah. You mentioned Critters Three. This was filmed simultaneously with it, both in 1991. They just did the old Back to the Future Three and Four thing <laughs> and just filmed them both. <laughs> you know, I it just occurred to me. That we should somehow, we should have a place on the red carpet for the Oscars where they should all have to stop and talk to us about their bad horror movie past. That would be so great. This is the stop you got to make. Take your pictures, talk to E, then come over and talk to us about Critters 4. Because you know what? We we mentioned it with love. Oh, Critters 4 is love. It's terrible. It's terrible. But, you know, we're proud of you for, (laughs) but I mean, Critters, Critters 4 is bad in an enjoyable way, yeah. right? Where, like, the grudge, it's not. There's nothing about it. You don't want to put yourself through that again. It's just terrible. But Critters 4 is, is terrible 
It's terrible. No, this is all with love. Oh, yeah. It's like when you go back and look at your bad haircuts from your high school pictures. Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> but I hopefully got better, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> no, this is, and they're on the red carpet, so of course things got better. And this is one of those movies where, you know, the actor, you're going, what are you doing in this movie? You are so much better than everything else happening in this movie. And it's funny because, you know, in a little bit, it's the same as she is uh, in her character in the Black Panther films, is that you just, she's not in charge of this ship, and yet she's the one everybody follows, because mm-hmm. you just would. You know what I mean? I, she just, you're like, oh yeah, I believe that you're in charge. I will, Like I'm saying as Hope Madden, Angela Bassett, I'll do what you tell me to do. You just seem like you know what we ought to be doing oh, right yes. now, which is why she's so perfect as the <laughs> Queen of Wakanda. You're like... Oh yeah, what are what should we do now? Oh, she, and she's just so regal. Yeah, she, she has is. a presence that's so so regal and and elegant. Right, and she's perfect for it. Yeah. And of course, she is, as I've said many times, the most beautiful woman in the world. She's amazing the the way she's not aging. Um, and so we think she's going to win. I mean, that's a good not just because she's beautiful. <laughs> oh, no, no. I mean, this is a good category too. It is. I mean, a good this category. is a stacked category, and this is her second nomination because, yeah. of course, she got nominated for, for playing Tina Turner. Yeah, that was a lead, though. Yeah, this is this is supporting, That's and right. uh, but uh, think think that she's going to come away with this one. So we've got a year to work on getting our place on the red carpet. That's right. And really think about it. I mean, they're all the granddaddy. The granddaddy of this whole category is Tom Hanks because he started oh, yeah. in right. He knows you're alone. Yes, and has gone on to be Tom F. GD National Treasure Hank. That's so, right. So it's all sort of under that umbrella. <laughs> you got to be proud of that to have a skeleton in the closet. And it's all fun stuff. You're right. It is with love. So that's a great group this year. Of course, the uh, nominees, the Oscars, coming up on March 12th. Easy for us to remember because that's our son's birthday. That's right. And we will see if any of our predictions come true. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's not a lock, I don't think, of Angela Bassett because that is such a strong category, but I'm putting my money on it. Yeah, I think that's the closest thing to a lock this year. Yeah, Man, Jamie Lee Curtis is in there, and there's a lot of love for her as well. Yes. A lot of love. A lot of love. Great to see her nominated. But, uh, yeah, that's our skeletons in the closet for this year, so fun stuff. Always look forward to this. And it might be the, I don't know, is this the one that... The list that is assembled the quickest every year. Yes. Like as soon as you see the nominees, boom, 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 boom. Oh, while while they're being announced, um, you know, and then a lot of times, move, like leading up to it, I, I will hope for certain people to right, get a nomination right. specifically because there's a terrible horror movie that I want to talk about. <laughs> and Critters Four, that I got to admit, that was one. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, but it seemed like a foregone conclusion anyway. So oh, I yeah. already knew that we would be talking about Critters Four. <laughs> but the Austin Butler one, yeah. That was a surprise to me, you know, and I'm digging around like, oh, my God, look at this gem. Mm-hmm. So you have to, for that one, you, you know, you have to lean to the side of horror, even yep. though it's probably more of a thriller. But, hey, you know, we go to the it's, judges it's, and it, we're the judges. That's right. It turns horror in the end. It does. Fair enough. Yeah. So good list this year. Always fun to talk about skeletons in the closet. Next time we're going to get super serious. Going to show. We're going to be back at Gateway Film mm-hmm. Center for mm-hmm. Fry Club Live. And, man, this is one. If you like folk horror, yes. and we do, yes, and we love this one, it's called Hagazuza, we're going to show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's funny, in deciding on the topic for this one, there are two that I, I really wanted to go with, but they, they, they give away too much of the film. Yeah. And I, not enough people have seen it. Like, if it were like a 1972 classic or something, I would have gone with it. But, so anyway, it's my third choice of topic. However, it, it is really, it's coming together with a great list. So anyway, we're going to do drug use, mm-hmm. drug use in horror movies. Yeah. This is this is so good, and it, it has such a scarcity of dialogue. Yes. 
It's so meditative, but man, man, it, it really works on you. It's it really, really, does. really good. And I hope people come and out. And it's another and feature it. debut. It's the filmmaker's first movie, which right. is amazing. No. When you watch it, you will be stunned by Not that. Not only that, wasn't it like a student film? It was. A, I think it was. It was just insane that people are, are are this good right out of the box. But man, it's a good one. So that's uh, next month. Looking forward to Gateway Film Center for Fright Club Live. Then. We're going to be back in the studio here for the next studio version of Fright Club. We're going to have a special guest, one of our favorite people in the whole wide world. David Greathouse. House. And he did the practical makeup effects for our film, Obstacle Corpse. And and he's the nicest man in the world. And we love him absolutely to death. But also, he's so too good for us. I can't even tell <laughs> you because he did. He did the makeup effects for Tusk. I mean, among other things, but if you think about that movie, the Kevin Smith film Tusk, that's him. That's oh, Great House. It's crazy. Insane. And we are going to talk about, obviously, we're going to talk about makeup in horror movies. Yeah, I remember when it dawned on the both of us when we were doing pre-production for Obstacle Corpse that he was going to do, I'm like, what? I know. <laughs> I know. We were like, well, that, that can't be, but he's based here in, in Ohio. And, again, he's just the nicest person in the world. So great, yeah. So we're going to talk to him next time for the studio version, but the next Fright Club live for Hagazuza and Drug Use. That'll be March 10th at Gateway Film Center. If you're anywhere in our area, Columbus, Ohio, please come by. We would love to have you, but if not, or even if you do, we'd also love to have you as part of our Fright Club podcast group on Facebook. <gasps> Growing. Nice segue, George. Thank you very much. Always fun. And uh, to talk about, uh, well, fun horror stuff and serious horror stuff. That's where people first found out here, got the early jump on the fact that we got to interview Bruce Campbell. That's right. It's going to be, a, days gonna be a bonus Fright Club podcast coming up soon. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Did a Zoom call this time. We got to did. see him. Got to see him. Yeah, this is the third time we've interviewed him. Yeah. But this is the first time in the Zoom, so we got to see each other, so yeah, that was fun. he's always a blast. He's yeah, a great he interview. So all that's coming up. A lot of good stuff. Uh, keep in touch if you can. Let us know what you thought about these skeletons in the closet. Have you seen all of them? You're going to seek them out? Maybe there's some that we missed. Let us know. Easy to catch up with us. Fright Club Pod is on Twitter. Mention the uh, Fright Club podcast group on Facebook. Come join that if you're not already. You can also find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram. That is Mad Wolf Columbus. And the main website, of course, where you can find uh, this podcast, our other weekly podcast on all the weekly movie releases, which is called The Screening Room, and our written movie reviews, too. That's all at madwolf.com. So a lot going on, a lot of ways to keep in touch. Hope you will. And until next time, she is Hope Man. He's George Wolf. And this is the Fright Club Podcast. Hey, speaking of Bruce Campbell. Hi, folks. I'm Bruce Campbell, hanging out here with Hope and George, Dave Ruby. 